build compelling real-time apps quickly and scale them globally with the PubNub real-time network. Only PubNub delivers the core building blocks needed for any real-time application. Find out for yourself by signing up for free today. Visit PubNub.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 142. We're recording this live between Asif and myself on August 9th, Friday afternoon, 2013. That is the year. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, the place you come to for the most comprehensive, most in-depth, most behind-the-scenes look at the mobile industry you can possibly find anywhere else on the internet. It's about time I told people what I did. I just figured it out. With me as always... It's Asif Khan from the uh, Location-Based Marketing Association. What do you do, Asif? Oh, I talk about location-based marketing and, uh, you know, hopefully get some more people to uh, spend money on it. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> And become members of the Location-Based Marketing Association. And become members of the Location-Based Marketing Association. Yes. Of course, of our course, ultimate course. objective. No. Uh, our objective is to just to keep people aware of what's going on and uh, get good research out there and uh, drive you know more brands to spend more money with more uh, platforms. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Well, yeah. welcome. 142 consecutive weeks, consecutive episodes. Our streak, like we're on the like we're we're trying to like Cal Ripken, watch out, buddy. Right, consecutive. Yes. I wonder, what, wonder if there's a world record for consecutive podcasts. I think Leo Laporte must hold that or something like that. But yeah, should look into it. There, there must be somebody who who does a daily podcast and you know up to like you know five years or something. Well, that is an incredible dedication, if you ask me. You know, this is not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. We were just saying before we started filming this that it's like, didn't we just do this? Like, yeah, mm -hmm. we did. And you know what? It's just it's insane that you, every week there is just there are like there are six more stories there are guests there are featured apps there are everything i mean i'm and resources i'm amazed yeah so. we're, we're only like what uh 14 15 weeks from our third year of doing this this is crazy but yeah well this yeah. is this is the place you come to to find out all that information about the location-based marketing world the contextualized marketing world the location marketing world a little bit of mobile thrown in there lots of guests lots of resources lots of insight and that's what we do here and we'd like to hear from you out there in the audience you listening to this right here in your ears if you can hear this please if you have a question, you have a comment, you have a suggestion, reach out on tether.tv forward slash talk. Let your voice be heard, my friend. You want to promote a product? Do it, please, on tether.tv forward slash talk. And if you're finding this anywhere other than through a feed, an RSS feed subscription, through iTunes or any of your other podcast software, go and subscribe. Get it in your inbox well ahead of everybody else. You'll be smarter. Trust me. You'll have like at least two hours on them, right? And in this business, two hours is quite a bit, isn't it, Asif? You got that right. All, All right. right. What are you guys going on with the Location-Based Marketing Association, my man? Tons. Well, it's every week, I've, the last few weeks, I come on here and say, ah, oh, it's quiet, it's the summer, uh, but it's all about to change. So, uh, yeah, it's going to get really, really busy the next uh, the next few weeks. I'm, I'm off on Monday to San Diego for the Retail Customer Experience Executive Summit. Uh, looking forward to that. We mentioned that last week, but uh, um, the LBMA itself and all of our local chapters are gearing up for a big fall uh, schedule. So we've got uh, a bunch of events that have been announced already, um, and so I'll just I'll rattle those off for you. Uh, on the 29th uh, of uh, uh, this month, we have uh, an event in uh, the Amsterdam chapter. What I'm really excited about is we're opening a new chapter on September the 10th in Dallas. So if you're down in the Dallas area, obviously uh, we haven't been down there as the LBMA, so we're excited about it. We want to meet with you. Come on out, American Airlines, JCPenney, AT&T, 7-Eleven, all those companies that are based down there uh, are going to be out and uh, you know, restaurant chains like Chili's and all those folks that are headquartered there. We're excited about it. We, uh, we hope to see you there September the 10th. Uh, on the 17th, uh, I'm going to be over in Cologne, Germany uh, for uh, an LBMA event over there. Excited about that. On the 29th, I won't be there, but our Atlanta chapter is doing an event uh, on September the 29th. And on the 30th, the next day, uh, the Berlin chapter is, is running an event. So September is just crazy. We've got tons going on. And then uh, right after that in October, there's um, 
more events to follow. We've got uh, a, a Toronto uh, event on, on tap for then, a New York event uh, happening as well, San Francisco, uh, also all happening in October. So, My God, I, got, I mean, it's incredible. You've got Retail Ramp, right? Uh, that's in, in October? Yeah, that's also October? October. End of and October. Are you involved in anything to do with the uh, Toronto Social Media Week as well? Mid, nope, mid to late September? nope. We're, we're not doing anything with that this, this year. But, uh, I mean, just, just from the, what I just rattled off is just LBMA chapters, city chapter events. That's and nothing not, to do not with you speaking or anywhere else you're going. Conferences or me speaking anywhere else. So all of that is available at thelbma.com forward slash events. And you'll see it all there. Forward slash crazy ass busy. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, that's a new short URL. Let's see if I don't know how you do it. But congratulations. I like it. I like the fact that these things can run without you. Yeah, so do I. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> I don't have to be there. <laughs> well, it, it's good. It's good. You know, the big guy just comes in for a little while, but you pick and choose, right? So you go to Germany over Atlanta. I would too, by the way. It's just to, you know, just throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we do have a we have a jam show. Um, certainly, I think we have about I think we have seven stories uh, in this. Uh, we have a great guest, uh, Chris Savage, who is the co-founder of a hosting company, a video hosting company called Wistia. I use them. I freaking love these guys. They're innovative. The way they market is awesome. The way that they do their videos is amazing. The team looks incredible. Uh, it just seems like a great place to work. I asked him some questions about location-based marketing and video. And I think because this is what we're hearing quite a bit is all of a sudden, uh, you know, we're talking about these second screens, these small screens, which I think are the first screens and the impact that video is having and how much video we're consuming on these. And so I asked him a question about location based marketing and video. So we'll, we'll play that. Uh, and we've got, of course, our uh, guest. I mean, and we've got, of course, our mobile minute this time. Chuck Martin sits down and we talk about really are mobile shoppers getting better deals than people who don't use these devices inside of a store? And this is a really important question to answer because there's this divide between digital do's and digital don'ts and digital haves and haves not have nots. And and this is then, you know, Chuck, Chuck dives into this. And of course, we've got our resource, which is a really cool uh, study. The results of a study from PayPal on location based mobile advertising, some uh, highlights from last quarter. Um, so before we get started, I want to jump, and of course we got our app, which is Hula Frog, uh, our app of the week, which is Hula Frog. Before we get into this, I'm going to start with Chuck Martin. Here is our mobile minute talking about our mobile shoppers getting better deals. It is time for another mobile minute, Chuck. We have this powerful computer that we put in our pocket every single day. It goes with us everywhere we go. But it seems that consumers have found the number one use for this is to find deals. Is that true? Uh, well, uh, everybody, it turns out, does like a deal. A, a new study just came out from, uh, it's called the Parago Dynamic Pricing Study, and they showed it actually doesn't take much of a deal to a shopper. They found that, that a difference of $5 on a $50 item would actually determine the sale price. And what, what retailers need to be doing is looking at what it is that they're going to do to satisfy a shopper. And it turns out it doesn't take that much. It doesn't mean they have to go discount 50% or anything crazy like that. They really just have to be aware of what the customer is doing in the store. When we bring this kind of stuff up, Amazon always seems to come into the picture here uh, because everybody can buy things on Amazon and it seems to be much cheaper on Amazon. Uh, are retailers in a fight with Amazon? Should they be fighting Amazon? Um, well, the the people who showroom, 67% in the study were found that they would buy they would buy from the physical store if they match the Amazon price. Amazon is the big satisfaction Gahuna, so they they basically are people are really happy with Amazon. The majority, 52% from a different study from GigaOM, are happy with with what they're doing with Amazon, and only 27% are happy with with apps they're dealing with at stores. So the stores have a long way to go, and Amazon really is the one to beat. And that is Chuck Martin talking about our mobile shoppers getting better deals. And yes, the answer is yes. Like just the answer is yes. If you're not using a mobile device inside of a store, you are basically spending money that you don't have to spend. How's that? There Thank you go. You. Yeah. So thanks, Chuck. Thanks for letting us do that. And of course, if you want to subscribe to that, you can do that and get it in your inbox through your favorite podcasting software through iTunes. It's video podcast only. All right. On to our app of the week. This is, uh, you know, Hey, you know what we're talking about, uh, whether it's a mobile app or it's a web-based app, Hula Frog, Asif. Great name yeah. to begin with, I suppose. Hula Frog. Yeah. I, I, so this is something I came across uh, a few weeks back, and I kind of bookmarked it and said, hey, you know, at some point we gotta we got to talk about this. So it's not really an app. It's it's a, web, uh, a website. 
Uh, it's actually a collection of websites, a community of websites might be a way to describe it. Developed, uh, it, it's, it's a service for moms to find uh, activities for kids to do based on their location. Um, and the way I look at this is, um, you know, we've talked about AOL's patch numerous times on this show. For me, this is a kid's patch. Um, is, is how I describe Hula Frog. So, you know, think of it as every local little community having a Hula Frog site that is curated by the, the moms in that community that, you know, just, um, and anybody can start one. So if there isn't one in your, in your city, you can start up a Hula Frog for your city. Um, you know, and obviously this is created by two moms uh, based in New Jersey is where, where it started. And, uh, yeah, it just makes sense. I mean, like, how many? You have kids. I have kids. I mean, how many times do you sit there going, oh, "What is there to do this weekend with the kids?" And you know, there's the the usual stuff that you know about because there's lots of advertising. But there's probably lots of other great stuff going on that you don't know about. That you know, maybe some mom in your community happens to know about and posts it up to a site, and you discover new things. So it is about local search and discovery. Very uh, specific to you know moms and kids and activities around that. Dads too. Um, and uh, yeah, but for me, it's a uh, a kid's version of Patch. That's how I look at it. And the only thing missing from this is that uh, you know I don't need another website to go to. To and and I'm with you on this. You know, being a parent, you always, I always hear about things anecdotally. I always think like, oh, you know, there was this that happened a couple of weeks ago. I would love this service now if it actually uh, sent me text messages. So if I signed up for things that I enjoyed, yep. that I wanted to do with my kids, like science or you know petting farms, whatever it is, I, give me the ability to sign up to get text messages back so that I, I'm reminded, not the day of, a couple of days before so we can do the planning. Yep. But I like this. It's hulafrog.com. It's a, you know, but I think that there has to be that, you know, that, that, I, I, that thing that, that reminds me because I'm, as you can see, I'm struggling with my own words. How am I going to remember what I want to do today? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that would be a nice, a, a nice uh, add-on to this. And I, I want to make the point too, just uh, for those who haven't checked it out yet. It's not only about events that are going on. It's and it, like all kinds of content. So, that, so they, they say. It, first of all, it's it's targeted for. Uh, families with with children 12 and under mm -hmm. uh, is the focus. So it'll tell you about you know where there's uh, you know which restaurants are kid friendly yeah, to go to. Where's the best place to hold a birthday party? You know in your in your neighborhood, all that kind of stuff as well. Um, this is an and, app. This should be yeah. an app, man. Yeah. Like uh, totally. Maybe, yeah. Like yeah. This should be an app. You know what what they should do, and I'm gonna I'm actually gonna reach out to these guys and introduce them to Red Rover, which is based yes. in New York. Uh, these guys are in New Jersey. They should be working together because Red Rover is a great app. It's all about moms and kids and location stuff. These guys have great content. It seems like a match. You know, somebody's gonna make should, some money. Should, should be happening. All right. So that's yeah. uh, that's hulafrog.com. Go and check them out. Uh, you know, if you have kids under twelve, or if you're just any kind of any male, there's lots of things in there to do for yeah for men, grown men under twelve as well. All right. Why don't we jump into these stories? We got seven stories. We're gonna we're gonna bookend uh, Chris Savage with the first four. We're gonna come back with the the last three after after we uh, listen to Chris talk about location based marketing and video. But kick off the first story. Will call. Yeah. So Will call. Uh, relatively young company. Uh, raised a bunch of money. Uh, is how. It came to my attention, uh, 1.2 million from uh, a, a serious group of uh, angel investors here. We're talking, you know, Sean, um, Sean Parker, uh, <laughs> you know, from Napster and Spotify, Oliver Luckett, uh, founder of The Audience, um, some serious, serious players in here uh, that have put money into this thing. Um, this is obviously a small, fairly small round. So what is Will Call? Well, Will Call is trying to be square for concerts, um, you know, for music, for the music industry. Uh, allowing you to pay for your whole concert experience through a mobile app um, and you know there's a social discovery aspect to it that they're focusing on and helping you you know basically find more concerts to go to near you and you know just random pop-up things local little uh, bands in, in the community you know um, and and that's really what it's all about so um, a very interesting play uh, you know probably not unique in that context the payment aspect is 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 cool. I like that. It's kind of all bundled together. Um, what do you think, Rob? I mean, is Springsteen on here? <laughs> I haven't seen Springsteen. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I mean, it's limited in cities, right? I think that there's only two cities, uh, New York and San Francisco, I think. Is. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But um, 
And Springsteen happens to be on a little break uh, before he goes down to South America after touring Europe extensively. Uh, that's the Springsteen update part of the show. It's yes. location. Uh, yeah, so this reminds me of Timber, the app that we've talked about many yep. times uh, a while ago. Um, like, it's shocking how simple it is. There's a, there's a grand vision. There's a few things that I like about this. The, the big thing that I like about this is, uh, aside from the investor A-list, um, is, uh, is the fact that it, you can do uh, merchandising. Right? Now, I love the fact that it, yeah. it focuses on smaller venues, smaller bands, discovery of bands. And then we all know that these guys don't make a lot of money selling albums. Right, selling CDs mm -hmm. or selling music, but they actually enable the purchasing of uh, merchandise through the application as well. So you can set that up, and I love the fact that what it's doing is helping the venues and the bands generate revenue, which is, yep. to me, like I like I get goosebumps just thinking about revenue. Right, so I think that those kind of those aspects are great. Um, I don't know how this is going to become the uh, you know the square of of concerts uh, when you're in two cities. And and I don't I don't understand that the the this is not a unique thing right to be able to buy concert tickets or merchandise is not unique because we have big companies that are already doing like Ticketmaster and and StubHub and those guys you can do it all through this um, they're not doing the transactions they partnered with the transactions to be able to make sure that they're secure they're not securing your your credit card information like I think that this is this is a a, a either a thin veneer of many services to come or a thin veneer of a company that looks to be acquired with those kind of players behind it i i mean uh, that's great but i don't yeah i, I 1.2 million is too much money for a company like this to do what they're doing so i, I like the idea i love the concept but i don't know yep. if there's a market here for these guys that's it yeah so i'll agree with a lot of what you're saying i think the for me the the, the key to this kind of thing is 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 rapid expansion into you know as many cities as possible yeah. i mean this is about building a user base and building it fast yeah uh i would like to see in here links to facebook um uh, to help draw that user base in once you you can get this to you know numerous cities um you know i think if there's social sharing going on between this app um and and all of that and i know there is uh, a feature in here that i do like which is if a friend of yours who's on the system, you know, buys a ticket for a concert, you get a notification. Um, so obviously yep. you're prompted because your friend's going to to, to go as well. Um, so that part is really nice, but I think there needs to be a bigger social magnification element, perhaps connected to Facebook uh, yep. or Twitter or, or other things like that. They are, they need to get to more cities, and for me that means getting to some of those small labels that cover some of the you know these these smaller bands and groups. Um, you know that are very regional. I mean, you you go to a city like Denver yep. with you know and an, a great little local music scene, or Kansas City, or Minneapolis, or you know whatever. Like I mean, there's all these little towns. Like they're not little towns, but you know um, tier two markets. Let's call them yep. compared to L.A. and San Francisco, and New York and Chicago. Um, that uh, I think you know w would make this work really really well. Yeah, I, you know it, it, it's. Like, I think the biggest challenge for me is is uh, is that is that you know it, it's small it's not available in my city um, but but I, I, again it's not there's nothing there's nothing so unique about this that that yeah. really makes me feel like I'm I'm compelled to download yet another application. There are so What's many. Unique, no, but what what needs to be unique, Rob, is is the content. We, yeah, right. but but there are many ways to find this out. I mean, we're, we're about to you know basically roast this our next story, which is Spot Setter, and and yeah. you know because uh, you know this this is information that's readily available, and if it's not, if it's unique to a locale, then that's very important. But but you know those the venue owners that are putting their content yep. out there, they're not just exclusive to Will Call, right? Like because their no, goal no, is no, to be everywhere, not. right? Yeah. So uh, you know, I I um I, I don't know like these these kind of apps. And by the way, if you go to their website, I, I think it's uh it's will but, call. But, but Rob, do you not think do you not think though, if they were to roll this thing out to, you know, let, like, let's use Canada because we understand it to, yeah. uh, Regina, okay, and CBC Radio One, yeah, who does a lot of uh, stuff to promote local Canadian artists and bands and whatever got on board with something like this and 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 sponsored it. I mean there there's a revenue model yeah. to be had between a broadcaster like that and a, and a like platform this. like this yep. to drive traffic to see artists locally in a city. I that guess. for yep. me is right? And it's also like as I said, I love the the time to merchandise and helping the bands and the venues make money. Um you know, but I think that there's holes here, and I think that you know, for 1.2 million dollars, that's fine. This, let's see what happens with this. But right now, it's it's no better than timber, right? 
And sure. Timber, Timber did it in-house with no money, and they're pulling public, uh, publicly available data yeah. from databases, right? Yeah, like I, you know, I, there's something here, but uh, but I, I, what I've seen, what I've seen of this, is nothing that I haven't seen any, anywhere be, before. All right, let's, let's let's jump on to the next one here. Well, yeah, the next one's even worse, man. Like this. Okay, so <laughs> if I told you, listen, I'm gonna uh, this is story number two. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, like it's very similar to Will Call, but with a broader audience, which is ridiculous. And if I told you, listen, you know what? I, I'm gonna use the social sphere to find out what restaurants I you you know I should go to, and you know to uh, you know decide what neighborhoods I should live in, or what parks I should go to, or where I should take my kids, or what hotels I should stay in. You'd, you'd say like, okay, well. Uh, well, well, you could use like Yelp or Foursquare or Facebook, or you could reach out to your Twitter uh, followers and do that. Or you could, you know, you can use any of these social applications. But then I said, no, no, I'm going to use Spot Setter. What, what would you say to that? Spot what? <laughs> this this company? I don't, I don't even know what to say to this, Rob. I like know. I saw this story. Uh, they raised some some money, some money as well, 1.3 million. Oh. Uh, <sighs> to go and do this and I, I don't understand this at all because every for me everything I can tell about what this thing does is it just takes content for, that other people already have from Yelp and Facebook and, and Foursquare and Instagram Twitter and yeah and you know and looks at your your friends and then lays it on top of a Google map and and, tell, and tells you you know here's where stuff's trending here's where your friends have been um, like Foursquare or Google or Yelp could turn on a service like this layered on top of a map in 30 seconds. There they have all this data. Like it's it is their data. Yeah. Um, so I, I I struggle with you know first of all you know there's no user history to speak of that you can say hey we've got all this data about people's users and behaviors and and whatever. Uh, and second, you don't own anything. Like where's your IP? You own zip. And th and then you're competing for downloads, like against the guys that you own the that you're leveraging the data from. Yeah. How did these guys get 1.3? I don't know, man. But that's what it's it's shocking. Unless we're missing something way out there. This is a me too leveraging everything else other than their own idea. My God, I thought we were more advanced than this, but uh, you know, uh, it's I always it always surprised me when I yeah. see something like this. Spot setter. Like, if you're interested in it, please go and download it. Let us know what you think. Spotsetter.com. You won't find me on there. Because why? Because it's I use... Just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, and literally, the, like, the one of the guys behind this uh, was a, one of the, was an engineer at Google. Oh. Uh, and then he left to go and do this. And, and, it, and his claim is, is that, well, you know, Foursquare does this, <laughs> but they only do it with Foursquare data. We felt that it needed to be done across multiple platforms. No. No. Sorry, guys. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I like. I'm not happy with Will Call. I'm not happy with Spot Setter. Let's talk a little, a little bit about Pizza Hut and Amaze. Let's talk about this. Maybe am I, am yeah. I going to be impressed with this story number? I don't three? know if you'll be impressed, but but uh, I I'm I am very pleased to 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 kind of look at the evolution of how location uh, is becoming increasingly relevant in an online e-commerce, you know, kind of, you know, world. It's not only about mobile. It's not only about apps. It's not only about, you know, uh, being in the store and scanning things and, and all of that. You know, the e-commerce world is, is often a world that we don't, you know, we, we tend to ignore when we talk about location. And so Pizza Hut went out and they partnered with a company called Amaze, uh, to redo their, their website basically. And one of the key parts of this website is, automatic detection of the location of the visitor to that site and and what they do with that is identify the closest restaurants serve you local menus daily you know specials deals that are local to that particular you know restaurant that happens to be near you so you're not getting a one-size-fits-all you know Pizza Hut experience it's a localized Pizza Hut experience based on where you are uh, online and, and uh, you know so this kind of follows the whole sort of theory of responsive design and all that kind of stuff that we talk about so I love that you know that that sort of that evolution and that movement makes uh, you know when you when you bring that level in we did a uh, there was a mobile minute that we recently did that focused on this right we, we talk about this this um, mobile web component that people have to remember and it is a powerful piece like when you add location to it and you can mm -hmm. you can add context to what it is that you're displaying based on the location you have to ask permission you always have to ask say like can i can we use your permission 
for your location. But boy, oh boy, when you add the location layer, like we've been talking about for 142 episodes, when you add the location layer, yeah. all of a sudden, and you'll see it in the statistics that we have with at the resource with PayPal, is that the engagement rate increases exponentially when you add location-specific data to ads to your data to your website. You know, it increases like I think it's like a you know 40% increase about engagement, and then and then it reduces the sales funnel. Why in yeah. God's name would you not use location, Asif? I don't get that. Yeah, and it's all about data, right? I mean, we, we talk about how much you and I love data, and this is about com you know combining data sets and delivering an experience based on that that you know ultimately leads to more sales. So, I mean, you know, one of the things that they do with this is is they uh, they deliver the top five pizza choices that are uh, you know the top five pizzas that are bought by restaurant, yeah. by city, by region. And it's it's different. It's not like everybody in the country buys the same pizza across you know across the board. Uh, you know, so you know whether that means anything to you or not. To some people, it influences their purchase decision, right? It does. Um, and, and so that's interesting. And then kind of the the uh, adjunct story to this is uh, another um, similar kind of thing. Is there's a company uh, or a new platform called Tradus that uh, that launched in India um, which is being described as a location-based marketplace and so this is kind of like an e-commerce eBay type of portal type of thing uh, and it's all it's all location GPS driven so they know where you are they serve you um, you know content that you know of, of products that you can buy that are available in in stores near you in places near you uh, that you can actually go and get or have delivered at a at a you know in a timely fashion because it's near you. It's not you know you're buying something from some marketplace in Seattle and you live in you know Lahore. Montreal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, you know this is this is interesting. Tradus for me is interesting and and you know at first blush you're thinking the same way that I was thinking around this, which was well you know and I'm not really interested in uh, you know contextual product. I'm much more interested in finding the product and then having it shipped yeah. to me from wherever. Um, but there were some restrictions on what can actually be shipped, right? So you yes. know, when you talk about countries like India or companies like Pakistan or countries like Pakistan, where you know there are limitations on what can be shipped, so you you make sure that you 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 don't send yourself a product that can be shipped. Like you know, in Singapore, you can't chew gum, so don't send gum to Singapore, yeah. right? So you know, when you get over that, um, I, this is this is an interesting thing. But, uh, you know, the context is always a little challenge for me with, with something like Tradus is that I'm not interested. Uh, I, I might be interested in buying local, which, you know, everybody's talking about buying local. Yep. And, and I like that concept. But I, I am product first. Ship it to me wherever. And I think that's a North American viewpoint is that as we're getting into this Amazon overnight and same day delivery, yeah. um, it doesn't matter anymore that, you know, it is in Seattle and I'm in Montreal or Toronto or yeah. Ottawa. Unless it's a product that... Um you need to feel and touch and see, right? Right, um, right? You know, before you can you can you can make that decision. And and if you if if this kind of a marketplace can point you to a local uh, retailer where it's available, then more I like power that. to them. Right? I, the aspect that I like about this though is that when I pick a product, then the next step is show me, alert yeah. me if it's local. Yep. Right. So if it's not local, ship it to me. If it's local, alert me when it's local yep. and where I can go get it. Right. And yep. I think that that's the hook. Yeah, and, w and one last point to make on, on this whole kind of e-commerce uh, location uh, play is uh, I was, I was um, chatting with Rip Gerber uh, about uh, over at Locate, and he was saying, uh, you know, with all their data and how it's being used now, one of the biggest applications that they're seeing is in online gambling. So again, we're talking about websites, we're talking about, in this case, gambling. And the reason it's become so relevant for them is about, you know, in, in the U.S. in particular, where you have different state laws around what's legal and who can gamble and all that kind of stuff, they have to determine the location of where that person is in order to d determine whether they're allowed to play the game. Um, and all of that kind of stuff is really interesting. And that's, you know, you know probably, you know, we know gambling is one of the biggest industries online. So... Uh, maybe more than e-commerce. Uh, so, yeah, doesn't it go like uh, every vice, like gambling, porn, and then yeah. everything else? And yeah, if, yeah. I'm sure if you could figure, like, figure out how to drink and smoke online, it'd be like gambling, porn, drinking, smoking, mm -hmm. drugs, and then you know, a small subset of all of that would be e-commerce and everything yeah. else that we do. 
So, so there you go. Big story, uh, positive uh, developments that uh, locations starting to see, you know, m- much more traction in the online e-commerce world. I love it! Yay! One out of three. Yes, that was a good story. <laughs> was a good, I'm sorry about Will Call and I'm sorry about Spotsetter, but get some originality, right? Anyways, all right. Those are the first three and a bit stories. You know, three with an adjunct. Um, Pizza Hut, Tradus, Spotsetter, uh, and Will Call. We're going to jump right now into a conversation. It's a very short conversation that I have with uh, Chris Savage, who is the co-founder of Wistia, talking about the impact of video and location-based marketing. This is Chris Savage, co-founder of Wistia, the world's greatest video hosting provider. Here's Chris. What about uh, what about location? You know, like it does is does context play into content on a mobile device? You know, like uh, you know, my biggest terrifyingly yes, it does. Absolutely, right? yeah. I mean, um, I haven't seen a ton of people doing it with video yet. I've seen it, you know, with people who have sites that are designed for local search, like for mobile, and so they have content that is like, oh, if you're going to Costa Rica and you're there and you search for something, like they're going to use their content to rank better and like show up and stuff. Um, I think there's no question that you know foursquare and um like the google now stuff and um like that everyone is competing for this and the competing for it means to me that eventually we will have it and um it will definitely be like a mixed media attack on like local contextual content but that's i mean all newspapers are trying to hunt this down they're trying to do this right they're 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 creating the very hyper local content but it, it's always interesting to me that, uh, you know, when you add a geofence and you add, uh, you know, a specific message, I mean, it, it, it's likening to like YouTube. When you set up a channel, you've got a you've got a welcome video. And then when they unsubscribe, you've got a hey, come back. Un- you know, why did you unsubscribe yeah. video? Same thing when you walk into a place of uh, business, uh, you know, it's different when you scan a code and then you get a video playing based on that code inside the store right and yeah. and then you know there's metrics that are associated with that to help the salespeople move forward and, yeah. and I, I see this world just evolving around location and context and um and i'm just interested yeah. like is that how far away do you think we are really from from location really adding relevance to to video uh i don't think we're that far okay. um i mean i am seeing it right now i just ha- i met with uh somebody yesterday who runs like a pretty significant like restaurant business in Boston and they have like packaged goods that are hitting the stores where every packaged good is going to have a link back to videos for recipes for how to what to do with that stuff. Wicked. Wicked. And you know like that. So like tied um, in with QR codes or tied in with a you know image. Yeah it's either a QR code or like a short URL. Um, But basically like you know it's obviously local and where they're distributing that that stuff like it's around here. They're playing off like the chef's name and all these things. And then um, they're going to take control of that one interaction, obviously, so that someone scans it. They come back, they watch the video. Now what they now they know if they can get the person's email address, they know that they're either a buyer or a potential buyer of this thing. And they've connected to this place that they couldn't have connected to before. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's absolutely going to happen. I think the question is like, I don't know. I don't know how fast it's going to happen um, before but, everyone all the time. There's like action expectation that's like if I'm buying something, I want to know what to do with it and how it works before I go. And, I, you know, I want a video to like because, it, you know, it's harder to fake things in video. I want a video to, to show me the truth behind this product. Yeah, you know, I, this is it, it, it's so true. Like uh, I'm desperately looking for this online right now because uh, I um, I've done so many interviews, but I, I interviewed a um, a coffee roaster in Vancouver, and this is my last story here. And it was a uh, what ended up happening with this was these guys um, on their so it's a fair trade coffee roaster, and nobody really understands what fair trade means, right? Uh, yeah. So what they did was they took a QR code. It's the first time that I really, it's called Ethical Bean Coffee, and it's based out of Vancouver. And what these guys did is they, they did exactly what we're talking about here. They had on their packaging in Loblaws, helping here in Canada, a little QR code. And when you scan it with your phone, it launched a video and it told the story about the bean and the farmer and where it was. And they interviewed the farmer, you know, and uh, in Guatemala and his family. And they took him through a tour of the, uh, you know, of how they did it. And I thought, boy, what an immersive, uh, all in two minutes. What an incredible experience that, that yeah. sunk me deeper into that brand. And I hope to see much more of that. So it sounds like that's what these guys are doing. I think we will because basically the way you would have seen that before is actually walking into their store. Yeah. Yeah. 
and that this is how this is how it comes online. So it's I think I really think we'll see more of it. Wicked. Chris Savage, folks, co-founder of Wistia. Go to wistia.com. Look, I implore you, go to wistia.com and there are some amazing marketing videos that they use in there. And it it can help you with your business just by watching those videos. You don't have to sign up or anything for their video stuff, but if you're doing any hosting, I would strongly suggest you sign up. But uh, just a sample of an episode that will come up on, on Tether.tv with uh, more of Chris. Uh, it's about 45 minutes. Great, 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 great guy, great company. And I appreciate him coming on here and, of course, on Tether.tv, Wistia.com. Woohoo! All right, let's finish this off. we got three stories, our resource of the week, and then we are out of here for the weekend. Um, our fourth story is a company called Geolog. That's how you say it, right? Yep. Geolog. It's an Android application that literally, it's it's a little bit of what we talked about last week around Apple's patent around uh, location-based battery consumption. Well, here is something that does the same thing. We all know that the GPS is a huge drain on the battery. You know, constant activity of GPS kills the battery. You can't use a GPS really for driving unless it's plugged in and charged or it kills your battery. So here is something that's unique for Android that literally realizes that you're standing still and, and at its simplest form and doesn't require GPS connectivity. It doesn't need to go back and up because it realizes that you haven't moved from that location, thus conserving battery. Uh, these are the small innovations that I that I find amazing um, that we're never going to really invent, you know, the you know, the battery that never uh, loses a charge. So we have to create little nuances like this that save battery power. This is pretty cool. And it's available on Android, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 only for Android. Yeah. Um, so I, I love it. Um, you know, I, I think the first thing that I, whether it's about saving battery life or, or, or anything, you know, one of the things I like about this is, and it's a hot button issue for me, is, you know, all of these devices that we have, these smartphones, they have so many sensors packed into them, yes, and and they're so underutilized, uh, it, it, you know. So, it, it, things like Geolog, like Apple's patent, you know, it's about starting to use some of the other sensors. So, yeah. you know, there's a gyroscope, there's a compass, there's an accelerometer, there's all these things that are in here, and, and there's a GPS. Yeah, but it, it's when you start to combine all those sensors to, you know, optimize the performance and the efficiency of the device that you start to see real benefits. And, and so that's really what, you know, Geolog's doing. That's what Apple's doing. Um, the, I guess the, the thing about this for me uh, is that this is coming from a third party, uh, whereas the Apple thing is, is obviously yeah. Apple. It's the manufacturer. And, and so in this case, it's not, it's not Google. It's not Android, uh, you know, native. Uh, but it's, it, it's, it's awesome. And, uh, you know, may, maybe... <laughs> it's not native, this, but it's awesome. Maybe this is something they'll sell to Google uh, or, to, you know, to Android, um, you know, and yeah. This is this make, is the kind of technology, but this is the kind of technology that a company like Apple would acquire to be able to integrate into their core functionality. You know what I mean? And I think that mm -hmm. that's that's what Android should be looking. If there was, if, if Android wasn't such an amorphous blob, right? Not yeah. controlled by anybody, really. Um, yes. Then, then I think that they would be they would have to be looking at this and saying that kind of technology is cool. I think the risk here for uh, you know for uh, Geolog is the fact that is well maybe Google will just build it right. And, yep. and instead of buying it so um but i love uh, little innovations like this and i think that this helps with everything we talked about the nuances of apple the same way they they love their design and they they mm -hmm. innovate around these little things and this is pretty cool um so it's geolog it's available for android and it's available in the google play store hey there's a good story there you go and this two one, in a row almost. but this one right now bite light man this is a good story yeah, so I, I, Byte Light's a company, we've talked about them uh, way back, I don't know how many episodes ago, when they first kind of launched. Uh, this is a company that came out of uh, the MIT labs, uh, it's a Boston-based company. Uh, and originally when we talked to them, they were what they were doing was, you know, focusing on that in, indoor location, indoor positioning space. They had built an app um, and using, uh, by changing LED light bulbs in a store, and measuring the LED signatures between what the light bulb was emitting and where the app was, they could figure out your position in the store. Awesome. So cool. awesome. Cool. So awesome. Uh, you know, a completely different way to do indoor location other than Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. So what they've announced this week is something called the Light Field Communication Reader. And, and so they're basically pushing this as a new standard or an alternative, if you will, to NFC. 
So one of the challenges with NFC is the readers are, are, are not necessarily uh, that cheap. Um, you know, so there's, there's a cost to them. And they believe that uh, similar functionality in terms of device-to-device -device communication can be done using light or LED in um, you know, the, the standard that they've developed here. And so this might be a different way to do tap-and-go or payments and checkouts and all those other things that NFC is being talked about for right now. So I like this. This is pretty cool. I mean, anytime you can come up with this kind of stuff using light, what am I going to say about these guys? Go to bitelight.com, B-Y-T-L-I-G-H-T.com. Um, like they have an app platform. This is an innovative company that just kind of one day looked up and said, let there be light, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and, and you know, maybe just a quick sidebar. They also announced uh, along with this, they signed a, a partnership agreement with AppConomy, um, which is a kind of a platform retail a reseller of these solutions uh, in China. So they're taking this right into the Chinese market as well, um, uh, in Shanghai in particular, and going into you know a bunch of retailers and testing this stuff out, which is cool because um, we know that the in, in especially markets like Shanghai and Singapore uh, and places like that are already deploying NFC type yeah. technologies. Yeah. So it makes sense to go and just take a technology like this that you know works. It's cheaper. Uh, you've already got a market, you know, you don't have to make the market. You can go and, 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 and get some early traction and then come back to North America, uh, you know, when people decide to catch up and start doing that stuff. Yeah, but this is, uh, you know, this is the kind of innovation that we need to, we need to have is that, uh, you know, low friction, high impact. And here's Bytelight, B-Y-T-E-L-I-G-H-T.com, Bytelight. Yeah. And uh, just quick side, uh, another quick sidebar on that. Bite Light, it, these guys came out of Boston. I said that they, at, the, at the front end. One of their advisors uh, is Dan Gilmartin, who we've had on the show, who was one of the founders of Where, that eBay acquired, which is now PayPal Media Network. So, th you know, these guys have lots of uh, pedigree and, and support and intelligence there. So I, don't be surprised if you see some PayPal. Uh, connectivity to uh, to this kind of standard as well. It's the last piece, man. It's another Done. piece for PayPal's world domination. Hey, uh, you know what? It just dawned on me is that we didn't even we, we not even on the agenda. See if I'm shocked is that uh, it's Jeff Bezos, the yes. king of the world, buying the Washington Post, man. Yes. Wow, we, we can have a whole a whole episode on what that, that means. That, that, is, that is a whole episode. Wow. So, do you think we can get Jeff on the show? I'm gonna try. Yeah, I'm gonna try. Okay. Hey, Jeff. Bezos. No, you know, you know who, you know who should get on the show. We should get. Let's get Rupert Murdoch on to talk about what he thinks about it. Yes. Well, well, we're aiming high, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, I love the reason I love Byte Light is because they call it the Light Field Communications Reader. <laughs> Byte Light. Byte Light. All right. All right. Our last story, Asif. Hey, did you know that Apple is actually tracking where you're going, where you are, where you have been? and keeping that information for their own personal use to make sure that you can get services and products that they're providing easier, faster, better, stronger? Haven't we been down here before? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. This is not a surprise, right? So all of a sudden, um, iOS 7, the beta, yes. the latest beta, I think it's beta 5 came out and uh, lo and behold, there is a whole lot of location tracking going on. And uh, what Apple says the location tracking is for is very simple. It is exactly what they thought. They remember this whole kerfuffle around um, tracking yep. uh, GPS coordinates. The same thing happening there with these guys is they were doing it so that they could fake almost that early to simulate uh, GPS connectivity or location connectivity, so that they remembered where your last known spot was, and then they could actually pick it up from there instead of going up to the to the uh, to the sky into space. Same thing here is that they're 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 I guess the goal is to add contextual information around location and so they got to track it somehow and uh, huge kerfuffle everybody's throwing their arms up in the air in fact you know I read an article here that said that uh, that France is actually uh, is beginning to investigate Apple's location-based tracking services. So they're, you know, they got into hot water. They were fined a bunch around that other kerfuffle, three thousand dollar fine in South Korea. It's like, oh. $3,000 fine. I mean, I think that Apple's lawyers charge $3,000 a minute. So uh, they, they agreed to that. Uh, they paid $1,000 to a South Korean user who filed a claim against them. And now France is going after them for the way that they gather and, and use location information. But how long do we go through this? I understand, right? 
they've 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 since amended it uh apple will at some point if it isn't already in there by now allow you to enable or disable that feature people like this is a beta version of a software that is two or three months away from being launched of course there's going to be these hiccups don't use it if you don't want to be tracked or you want to be a a guinea pig but how long do we go asif down this path where people realize until people realize that you know what all like carriers are tracking us, our cars are tracking us, satellites are tracking yep. us, our phones are tracking us. They have been forever because of cell tower and triangulation. It's how they got, like how they get gangsters, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so what's different from this? And uh, as long as you have an option, I'm going to assume that it's okay, that everybody's going to be fine with it. You can turn it off and it's off by default. But but uh, this is, I think that this is the pain that happens when something like this comes out, when location really becomes pervasive. Isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, it kind of goes with what I say all the time when I get asked about these privacy issues and all this other stuff. I mean, for me, it's happening. Uh, yes. and, and, you know, there's a behavioral shift that has to happen. There's an acceptance that has to happen in, in the general public and the consumer around this. Uh, it's all opt-in. You, you choose or, or choose to do it or not to do it. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, there's a value proposition in front of you that says that you should do it. And here's why. And and I think, you know, we're going to see more and more uh, reinforcement of that value proposition, whether it's, you know, from Apple itself at the manufacturer level or at the app layer or at, you know, the the retailer or brand, uh, you know, demonstrating why they, why it's important for you to share location. But, you know, it's all about, you know, value and everybody's got a price. And, and that value has a price. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, this is, um, you know, all hands on deck is just, it was just a, such an extreme response for this is that, you know, Apple's exploring, all these guys are exploring with location to see what it can do to, you know, they're, sure, if there's nefarious reasons here, if they're trying to do it for a reason, right? I mean, I know that today Obama is talking about uh, civil liberties and, and yep. uh, tracking people and, and uh, the curtailing of civil, civil liberties and, and um you know what's going on in the United States, and I think that there's nefarious ways and there's protective ways, and you can get in, you can wade into that argument all you want, but if if Apple is doing this um, and and manufacturers doing this for for the uh, for the user experience first, and they're securing the data and they're giving you an opt-in option to opt out with consequence, right? Yeah. Um, I think that then the consequence is that your location might not load or your GPS might not be effective or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, you know, there's this is this could be viewed as progress, right, in this industry, especially in, obviously the marketing industry. Now, I from agree. the consumer, maybe I'm a little bit more paranoid, but uh, but at some point this happens. And you know, our resource of the week talks about this: is that location-based mobile advertising is here, right? So, I mean, frequent frequent iOS updates and frequent location requests are happening in the devices, whether we whether we like it or or, or not. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's been going on since cell phones were invented because of uh, uh, triangulation. So this is just another one of those things. We'll see what happens when the I- full iOS version comes out. But expect that you're going to be tracked through the operating system. There you go. All right. Those are the six stories. Six plus stories. Our special guest, Chris Savage, uh, co-founder of Wistia. Our mobile minute with Chuck Martin. Our app of the week, which is uh, Hula Frog. It's time for the resource. If so far, if we've said anything that's offensive, reach out on tether.tv forward slash talk and leave your opinion about this, especially that last story about Apple and uh, the way that they track you and I and everybody, the 300 million people that carry these devices, because we are being tracked. You can be sure of it. Absolutely sure of it. Every one of us, regardless of what you turn on or off, we're being tracked. It's happening. It is happening. So now the resource of the week, Asif. Uh, This was a fascinating study. Uh, PayPal came out with their Q2 highlights on location-based mobile advertising. The data on this uh, was very, very good, but all it's doing is reinforcing the fact that, hey, you know what, location? Hey, marketing? Hey, put the two together, benefit for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And and so obviously this this uh, this report looks specifically at, at various retail sectors. So they looked at gas and convenience, they looked at financial services, at big box. And and no matter the category, what we saw is huge lift uh in in a geo-targeted uh campaign versus a non-geo-targeted campaign. 68% lift uh in click through on um gas and convenience, uh, 60% lift in financial services, 17% lift in big box. Uh, so just tons of great data out here supporting, um, you know, 
the need to incorporate location. What we've been talking about for two and a half years. Yeah. yeah. You know, two things stru stuck, struck out, struck for me is that uh, one of them is the competitive conquesting, uh, which is where you geo... Uh, you geo put a, conquesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where you you put a geofence around your competitor's location, yes, and it increased click-through rates by twelve percent. I thought that that is fascinating. So this is like you know, yeah. the virtual wars, uh, and, and I think it, uh, that that to me we talk about it quite often on the show about uh, companies doing that. But look at the impact it has. The second thing is that man, like uh, all the data points very clearly that using location around marketing initiatives reduces your sales funnel, right? Moves people through the sales funnel, funnel faster. You're not going yep. into that prospecting mode or you're not going through that process of, you know, assigning a one to 10, uh, whether or not they're gonna buy or how close they're gonna buy. So what we're really talking about here is you are, you are speeding up the path to purchase by using location. And that's what this data is telling us. And I don't know why people are not leveraging it, man. If we could say that we're going to cut yeah. your sales funnel in half, the process from start, from introduction to close, that's basically what they're saying. We're going to cut your sales funnel in half. For sure. And, and the relevance of location is huge. And one of the other things they said in this study was that uh, they found that these geotargeted campaigns had a strong kind of uh, effect on other click actions once people were there, like click to call and click to, yes. you know, coupon and all that kind of stuff. But the number one thing that people do is click to map. 20% of those clicks are, are about mapping. Yeah. So. It is, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think it reinforces everything we talk. If we were surprised by any of this data, we, we, we shouldn't be hosting the show. But, but I think that now, all of a sudden, people are, you know, we've seen this. These perfect examples around these things that people are starting to think about location. We talked about that with the Pizza Hut story is that this is important. Location is the operating system that we should all be working within, right? It is the thing that you're going to be able to leverage the most in order to be able to satisfy the most amount of, the, you know, yep. the largest number of customers and close faster. So do this, would you? All right. There you go. That's it. So where's this it. available? Uh, can we say this? Uh, on the thelbma.com forward slash research. All right. That is the location-based mobile advertising, second quarter highlights from PayPal, Wicked resource. Wicked, if you're looking to bolster your numbers to prove why you need location in your business, this is that document that can help you do that, especially. Um, you know, the difference, though, it was funny because the distance, right? They talked about how, how the conversion... Uh, uh, percentage uh, based on distance. Yep. It, it just shows you like there's a 40% higher conversion rate when it is within a certain like eight to 10 blocks than it is when it's, you know, two or three or four miles away. And, and yeah, it's just crazy. Shows, Jiwire has lots of good data like that too. Yeah. So, man, look at this data. You'll love it. 142. That's it. We will be back next week for episode number 143. Asif, is there anything else you want to say? Can we just end the I'm show? Good. I think I'm good. Thank you guys for listening, watching, wherever you are. Thank you for making it through this entire episode. If you haven't subscribed, do so. If you haven't signed up for the mailing list, go to thelbma.com or untether.tv. Just consume this content. It's free of charge. Please do it. Do it. It will benefit you. It will benefit your business. Yeah. And one last shout out. Uh, I want to welcome a couple new members to the LBMA. Uh, Geo Local, uh, which is G-E-O-L-O-Q-A-L. Uh, they are a location simulation platform, which is kind of cool. Uh, and Retailigence, uh, which we haven't talked about for a little while. And uh, yeah, great little uh, uh, company out of San Francisco. So welcome to you both. You know, we just did uh, one of the mobile minutes today's mobile minute, Friday, August 9th. Uh, it has a uh, little bit about retailigence in it. Chuck Martin mentions them. So uh, there, you, there go. you go. We love those guys. We right, do. Asif, have a great week. We will catch you guys all next week for episode number 143. Go do something in the location-based marketing world. Make some money. Make Cheers. it happen. Bye.